Welcome to the Event Tech Podcast, where we explore the ever-evolving world of event technology every week. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event management company on the cutting edge of trends. Now, let's talk tech. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Event Tech Podcast. That gentleman over there is the forgetful Will Curran of Endless Events. <laughs> uh, remind uh, me, who are you again? Uh, <laughs> and that man over there is the zesty Brant Kruger of Event ooh. Technology Consulting. Feeling kind of zesty today. That's all right. Zesty, zesty. Well, Are you we feeling got... kind of forgetful today? Uh, I'm forgetful every day. I like. I'm yeah. pretty sure I'm gonna like lose my mind in the next like ten years. So just be prepared for it. Okay. <laughs> the good news is you can keep making the same jokes over and over again. Well, and hopefully by then you'll have some AR glasses that will remind oh, you yes, who I true. am and what we're doing. And everything will be recorded and re reminded to me. And you'll know, be honest, we'll, I'll probably have a digital brain at that point too. Right. Or maybe <laughs> if AR is not enough for you, you would immerse yourself in VR. Oh. That was an amazing transition. So today Thanks. we, you know, we 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 always tell you guys to email us to tag us yep. on social media and let us know your questions. And today we have an audience question coming on in. Um, so we wanted to answer it. So uh, today uh, we have a question in from uh, I think it's Jorge rather than George, but Jorge uh, Pavak I think is how you say your last name. Jorge Pavak asked. Do you believe people will change their lifestyle to attend virtual events in VR? And, and they put like in like parentheses educational. So I think they're mainly focusing on educational rather than physical events in the following years. So I think this is like our good like annual check in. Like, do we think things are going to change? Is VR going to change the events industry? Yeah, and I love I love the 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 phrasing of life like changing the lifestyle like. Uh, th that just opens up so many possibilities, and so so as soon as you and I started talking about it off off mic, um, it definitely got us chatting about like what does that mean? Like what yeah, is what does the lifestyle, lifestyle change mean when it comes to uh, when it comes to VR? Now, so the first the first thing that pops into my mind is, and there are already some people that are doing this, is having like a dedicated VR area in their house, you know, whether it's a spare bedroom or something along those lines, that's a cleaned out, you know, no furniture, safe space. Uh, padded walls. Know, yeah, padded, maybe padded <laughs> no, no, walls. No, no fragile things. <laughs> right, no fra more importantly, yeah, no fragile things, no flat screen TVs that you're gonna accidentally throw the <laughs> controller through or something along those lines. Um, so some people have already started to change their lifestyle, but it makes you wonder, yeah, what are some other possible ways that people would change their day-to-day -day lives in order to be more VR appropriate? Yeah, yeah, like v VR VR fluid in some ways, like be able to go in, do VR and, v and come out. I think yeah. there's a lot of like great technologies that are coming out now. Like for example, as much as we don't like Meta, Met the Meta Quest 2 has become super popular and the ability to just like put a VR headset up, put the controllers on and play anywhere. Like you don't even need controllers, they do hand tracking now. So like people are literally out in their backyards where they might have more space. They might, you know, yeah, be able to clear things out. Whereas one, like I got into VR, I got the valve and it was wired. I literally had to make sure I had a cleared out space in my room. I had to like attach things to my walls. Like I changed my lifestyle and the fact that like I designed my living room to make room for this VR space so I could right, do VR right. inside of it. 
So I think it, there's like the ability for us to now like have technologies that make it easier to pop in and pop out. You know, I think that lessens a lot of the lifestyle changes that you have to make in there. It, it makes it a little bit more of a casual experience. And I, I'm starting to think too, like, is that one of the reasons why VR is taking so long to adapt? It's just that like, there's such a big like curve or a big hill to make it over before you're like 100% in, in a lot of ways. To a certain extent, I think absolutely. I mean, it's, there's, you can only do, unless you're hardcore and you're way into whatever it is that you're doing, like whether it's a game or drawing or, you know, some of the 3D, some of the 3D paint stuff is just gorgeous and fun and you can absolutely get lost in it. But for the most part, if you're just sitting and watching an event or something along those, or it's just 360 video or something along those lines, it gets tiring, like pretty quick. Um, you know, the eyes get tired, the head gets sweaty, you know, it's, it's, it's some, it's one of those things that I feel like, uh, you know, comparing, cause VR has been around. It's not yeah. like this just appeared, you know, last year. <laughs> we um, like to act like it is sometimes. Right, right. <laughs> and, yeah. Every time VR gets popular again, it's the first time it's ever been popular. You know, there's stuff like going back to the 1950s. That's yeah, about, you know, putting a screen right in front of your face and so that it feels more immersive. Um, but I do feel like where things are going to change, like relatively soon, is this getting faster, getting lighter side, where it, you know, the even the Oculus Two is still fairly bulky mm -hmm. and still similar in size to the stuff in the 1960s. You know, the 1960s, yeah, like the early VR stuff. It hasn't gotten smaller; it's just gotten better. Mm -hmm. uh, or you know, in the most recent iterations. And so when Oculus really you know, being kind of the first one in this most recent wave of VR uh, before Meta bought them, um, Oculus was the first to start putting, you know, much higher resolution, uh, you know, screens in, in the eyes, but, and, and making battery powered ones or making tethered ones. But the, the, um, the size was still pretty bulky, you know, yeah. still kind of heavy, you know, kind of had to ratchet it down onto your head <laughs> so that it wouldn't fall off. Um, and if you had glasses or stuff like that, it's not the best experience. But as this, you know, as Apple continues to work on this mythical uh, <laughs> VR headset that they're supposedly going to come out with, now they're starting to say, you know, early 23, um, you know, possible announcement early 23 and then get it to the devs, you know, shortly thereafter, and then maybe we're talking Christmas, maybe of next year when it's awesome. more regularly available. Um, and that's a VR headset is what all the indications are, not an AR. Um, you know, it's going to be thinner, it's going to be lighter, it's going to be battery powered, you know, all of the things we know Apple loves to do, you know, <laughs> it's our lightest VR headset ever, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> no one's ever done this before. Right. So there will be less to change in your mm -hmm. lifestyle, right? You, you'll be able to be in it longer. Well, okay. Sorry. Let me take that back. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Maybe may right. the same. Right. That, that, that because it's getting thinner and lighter and easier to use, it might actually encourage people to change their lifestyles. Okay. Now maybe I do want to rearrange the living room. Maybe I do want to um, dedicate an entire room, you know, of my house or my apartment to, to VR because I can be in it longer. Yeah. How's that for a turnaround? I wonder like if too, like, you know, uh, Blade Runner might be the best analogy to this. Like, like you'll have like no real furniture in your house. You'll have like maybe one chair and like everything else is just like around you being projected around you in a lot of ways. Similar, like 
I don't paint my walls whenever like I'm moving because I'm like, I'm just going to use hue lights to splash some color on the walls, you know, in a lot of ways, like that technology enables it. So I don't have to do physical infrastructure um, on there too. That could be a huge thing. But yeah, I definitely feel like the, the, the adoption of the hardware and becoming easier to use and more widely spread. I think more and more people will do it. But if for a chance to think about maybe a lifestyle change that might happen is Imagine that, you know, for example, in a lot of ways, like we're divided technologically right now. Like, let's just use phones as an example. There's always the Android versus iPhone, green bubbles, blue bubbles thing. The question will become is as more and more VR becomes adopted, will you have people who are like pro VR, not VR kind of happening? And you almost are starting to change your circle of friends based on it. And that was one thing I like noticed. And one reason why I stopped, honestly, I sold my VR headset a couple months ago was I was just like, no one else I know is using this, and I don't really find a lot of value in being able just meeting random people on the on on VR. Like I'd rather play games with my friends I already have. So I like chose to invest more into like the PlayStation Five and playing like games on my t television. I'm wondering if that will also happen. That like some people will be for this and some will be against it, and your like circle of friends will change based on that too. Yeah, novelty is a driving factor. In a lot of this, mm, yeah. that that you know, I, I and I'm not even joking. This is this is not this is absolutely serious. My kids play our VR headset as much as they play my old Nintendo like Game Boy. Oh wow! So I've got a Game Boy DS. Uh, I think it's a DS. It's one of the original first color ones with no backlight, and nice. it still works. You know, we've got the cartridges and you get them in, and they every now and then they kind of find it again. You know, and it's like, oh, yeah, this. And then they'll play it for, you know, a week on and off. And then it goes back in the drawer. And the same thing happens with the VR headset. So here's we've got like this, like ultra modern, recent, you know, technology. And then this, you know, 40 year old video game technology. And they're playing it about equally. Wow. <laughs> and, and I think that says something to the exactly what you're talking about, this idea that yeah, you know, no one else is really using it. So it really is just a fun video game environment at mm -hmm. this point for them. Mm -hmm. um, it's not a social thing, which is what absolutely what Zuckerberg keeps pushing that, you know, they want meta to be, you know, a, a social place. place, a social destination. And mm -hmm. I think until they really do start getting lighter and longer battery life and stuff like that, that's going to be a hard sell mm -hmm. of putting on the bulky uh, you know, heavy, sweaty headset for longer than a half an hour at a time. And that's where I think coming back around to the question for Jorge's question, we'll, we'll go with Jorge, um, uh, that uh, uh, when it comes to education events, like I think it's a fantastic tool. It's mm -hmm. an amazing tool for, uh, you know, for doctors, for, for people who, you know, you, you definitely want to practice on something virtual in a virtual world as opposed to on a, on a live human <laughs> being or something along those lines. Or electricians or hobbyists or anytime you're trying to learn something, uh, putting someone in kind of that first person view and watching how they do it or maybe even being able to interact with a virtual, you know, version of whatever it is that we're talking about. There's so many educational opportunities down that road. But... If it's getting hot and sweaty and heavy a half an hour in, um, you know, we just got to factor that in at this point in time. So maybe that's a lifestyle change that if you are going to start using, uh, you know, VR technology as part of an education program, just acknowledging that fact and saying we can't do 90 minute lecture time 
you know, mm-hmm. like we do at a college or a university um, uh, in a VR headset. We've got to just do it in 15, 20 minute chunks. And, you know, uh, you know, maybe you attend via a Zoom type thing and then, okay, now we're going to go practice that thing. So everybody put on your headsets and we're going to go into the VR space and that kind of thing. So that might be a possible shift for the short term with these, you know, with the current state of headsets. Totally. One other idea, I think, in terms of lifestyle change, in terms of like how technology changes lifestyle, because I think it's like also this is a very meta, t- oh, yeah, absolutely. meta topic, but meta like, and um, meta, actual, and also meta, meta. And meta. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, like all technology, like at some point, might also change the way that you do things, right? Like you know, like if you like, I think my lifestyle potentially changed when I switched to iPhone, right? Like again, to use that analogy, but I'm wondering too if you know when it comes to like the VR aspect of things too. That I'm wondering how people, you know, potentially will have to switch major platforms to do this sort of thing, too. Um, You know, for example, I think that's why Apple's going so hard against this is that, like, you know, they already have a huge ecosystem of people already on the Apple ecosystem. It'd be very easy to, like, start building upon their reality OS, whatever the heck it's going to be, system on it. But, like, imagine... Like, I think that's one reason why that, like, I haven't changed my lifestyle when it comes to buying a Quest 2 is that I don't want to go back into the Facebook ecosystem and be a part of that um, on there, too. But But, for example, when I had the Valve, I already had a PC. I already had, like, you know, all the things. I already had a Steam account. It was very easy for me to, like, be like, let's just buy the headset, plug it in the computer, and start playing with it right away, Uh, And plus adding the light boxes and all those things like that. But I'm wondering, too, like... Let's say the groundbreaking VR. Let's say Apple doesn't do it, right? It's some new platform, technology, whatever it is. I think it's going to require people to really switch platforms completely. And this is in a world where people complain that when the layout of an, an, their favorite app, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, changes, they get freaked out. They're like, I don't want change. Don't change for me. Like, So I'm wondering, too, like if it's going to require people to for this like huge adoption, for it to wildly be used, that it'll either have to be integrated into something they're used to like a zoom uh, apple that sort of thing or is it gonna have to like we really got to move people into this like new world order (laughs) online (laughs) in some ways i think i'm not sure if this answers your question or not but i mean it 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 feels to me like the next big thing that comes in vr metaverse you know whatever you want to call it is not going to be software it's going to be hardware that that I think at this point, the way that we're going to start seeing higher rates of user adoption and stuff like that, I don't think it's going to be a killer app. Like, I don't think it'll be a holy crap, Apple has this wonderful UI, you know, <laughs> like, I don't think that's what's going to draw people in. Now, the enthusiasts who are already Apple enthusiasts and they go buy it, they're like, oh, this is familiar. I like it. You know, this is what I'm used to. It's got the bubblies and it reminds me of Apple TV or whatever. You know, uh, it's or it's got green bubbles and <laughs> blue bubbles, you know, whatever that. But I don't think it's going to be an app that that sells it to the masses. I think it's going to be if Apple were to come out with this just sleek, sexy looking headset that's lightweight with long battery life uh, and amazingly high resolution screens, um, which as we've talked about multiple times on this show, feels like that's what they're heading towards. I mean, you, you think about all of the work that they're quietly doing on the M1 and the M2 chip chipsets and things like that, absolutely pushing its way towards, you know, 
battery efficiency, you know, long life, True. yet really high power, really amazing graphics. Like they're writing the graphics stuff down to the metal, mm -hmm. uh, you know, prioritizing video, you know, the M, the M1, M2 architecture really prioritizes video um to the point now where you know if someone's editing video i'm just like you're editing video you should get one of the new macs because even the cheapest ones are going to be really good at handling video so they've got a i don't you know i who knows what they're going to come out with when, when they come out with but if it's like really thin and light and has good battery life that could be the thing that drives mm. people to to really start buying them en masse because not that much has changed over the mm -hmm. last four to five years. Yeah. You know, the hardware's gotten a little thinner, a little lighter. You know, I, the the Quest. You know, the next version of the Quest has already been found in a hotel room somewhere. <laughs> and I, you know, but I saw that headline. I did not click on it. Like yeah, I just I don't, don't think it's going to be a big enough jump for me to go. Oh wow! I have to have that. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. kind of thing. But so that's why that's why I think I think the the what's going to drive the next wave of this won't be a killer app it won't be the killer ecosystem it's going to be killer hardware yeah I, I agree with you i mean like that's where we've been seeing lack of adoption with vr is not necessarily like i think if, there, if vr was capable of being installed on a computer on your phone you know people would have adopted it right it was done already yeah. right like google did google cardboard poor adoptions but like the thing that everyone realizes like good hardware is what is keeping everyone from their, this being in every household across the entire world um i got an another lifestyle potential change um so we're thinking a lot about the user and how it might change the user's lifestyle but i think this is also something related to lifestyle of the people who are going to do the education so like the content creators I think that we're going to have to figure out, like, what is that going to look like? Because, like, right now, if, if you said, hey, Brant, I'd love for you to make an online class inside of, you know, VR, but you can't use an existing platform, you'd be like, I don't know how to code in, you know, uh, I, I, uh, Unity is the name of, it, of the, the 3D rendering platform. You wouldn't know. You'd have to use some, some existing platform. But also, like, it's going to change the lifestyle, even if we aren't necessarily coding in a 3D rendering software or whatever it is. It's like if you have to go in and say like, hey, Brent, I need you to go learn VR chat. You're like, OK, I got to like go learn this whole new platform. And I don't think it's as easy as download Zoom and learn how to use Zoom. Like Zoom's like there's a mute, unmute button, start video, stop video, and you can get 90 percent of the way there. Right. Whereas like in VR, like you have to make your avatar, you're going to have to where do i put my screens like there's so much more complexity to it i'm wondering if that's also going to change a big lifestyle change in terms of how we present that content too well and that's another if i'm following you right i mean that's another area that i think as we've talked about again apple's been sneakily doing that right they're making it easier to create 3d objects they're making it easier to display 3d objects in non-vr space um you know every single invite for the last probably two years that i can think of has had an ar component for their events where you can like click on the invite and display a little thing so the last one had like the you know it looked like the like a like a james webb telescope image with an apple and the, the stars kind of resolved into an apple um and those are fun they're fun to play with they're easy to use and it's they, it's like they've been slowly teaching us the design language behind this mm -hmm. stuff and that's yeah that is what it's going to take for for us for people to learn how to develop for these things and to make it user-friendly it's kind of like wordpress 
yeah. you know, yep. for the web is what made it easy for people to start making their own websites and making their own blogs and making their own content and, you know, really democratizing the web in a way that prior to that had been a little janky. Mm -hmm. You know, there were, there were website services, but WordPress was kind of the beginning of that. Like, let's make it easy for folks and yeah. open source too. Like that yeah. was the other part of it. Um, That's such a good analogy. And, and then from there, you know, people started building on WordPress, building businesses on WordPress. Uh, Squarespace comes along with, you know, not using WordPress, but, you know, it's the same idea of like templates and make it easy for folks. And they're constantly refining that. And so I can't help but feel like Apple's been definitely doing that over the course of the last few years is just kind of getting us acquainted with AR, getting us acquainted with VR, getting us acquainted with how easy it is to build and view 3D objects so that we can start to encourage people building to build this uh, this next generation of devices, you know, so that they're starting to get fluent in what that language is and what it looks like. Not literally, not literally the programming language behind it, but, you know, us as consumers, and then also maybe sparking, maybe starting to spark uh, ideas in developers and other companies. Oh, that's brilliant. Like, what's going to be the, the equivalent of the drag and drop website right. editor for, yeah. for, for, you know, the web 3.0 world? What's going to be that, you know, drag and drop equivalent for making content or educating people in a lot of ways like it's it, there is a lot of really cool stuff happening I, I i recommend if you're interested in vr um i learned a lot about because i hadn't really dove in too deep into the world of vr chat but there's a hbo documentary called we met in vr um and i knew a little bit about vr and i fully believe that like relationships can be built online but it shocked me some of the stuff that you could do in there and like some of the classes that were taking place in like yeah. two they, they were doing like an ASL uh, teaching class and they had like a classroom set up and everything like that. And, you know, it, it, you could tell like because they cut back to it over a course of multiple days that there's like, oh, this is just a space that anyone can go to. And it was really, really cool because it also talks a little bit about how like the creators were creating these new spaces for education. But I think that's where it really I think where the fun's going to be is like this world that gets created it's like almost you know what probably the equivalent question we need to think about this is like what if you were birthed into this world today and never experienced it before like how would that change education for you you'd be like you learn about schools and physical spaces you can go to you learn about um how you can go learn almost like in that next level like learn on the internet through a device screen and things like that like i'm almost thinking like what is going to it look like when the possibilities are really endless in terms of like an actual world that you can create inside of this the this when it comes to education yeah and when you can recreate any world anything any object any device you know that starts opening up the possibilities now there's a whole I'm trying to debate how 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 far down each rabbit hole we want to go because it's not it's not, it's not an infinite <laughs> podcast obviously so many rat holes of places you go oh well first of all before before it's not where I thought you were going to go when you said oh. I found out about all the interesting things that you can <laughs> I do know I heard you're laughing at that. And, and second it of all, it doesn't get weird. It doesn't yeah. get that weird. <laughs> and second of all, I mentioned the meta headset that they found. If I found a VR headset in a hotel room, I wouldn't touch it with a 10 foot pole. I don't care what <laughs> brand new hardware it was. If I found a VR headset in a hotel room, I would nope. not touch it. Nope. Um, the, you know, one of the things that though, that I think whenever we have these conversations is yes, this is opening up all kinds of possibilities, just like the internet 
caused a revolution, the computers caused a resolution, but both with all with as with both of those revolutions, we have to be careful about the haves and the have nots and understanding that, you know, yes, this is a tremendous education opportunity. And this would give someone anywhere in the world the potential to experience and view or learn about anything that is capable of being rendered in this 3D environment. But that person needs to have a headset and that person yep. needs to have internet access and that person needs to have access to a safe space to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Because, and safe space is an important part of this as well. Like we talked, we were you know kind of joking about having the living room and stuff so you don't bump into stuff. But literally you're going into another environment and that's incredibly yeah. vulnerable. It's like the idea, equivalent uh, of having your eyes closed the whole time. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 and, and you can't hear anything either, mm -hmm. you know, because you've got the, maybe you've got headphones on or something along those lines. Um, I mean, that's why, you know, the second we bought one in our house, the rule was you do not mess with someone, you know, who's got the headset on, yeah. you know, that's like rule number one, no matter how tempting it is mm -hmm. to, you know, tickle the Jump. belly or something along those yeah, yeah, lines yeah. when someone's got the headset on, you do not mess with the, someone who's got the headset on because of that very, you just need to be able to be, feel safe. This reminds me of a practical joke that we do. Like when I had my VR set up on, this is, oh, I think, fair fair game. This is okay. okay. This is okay. This is not a bad one. We, of course, we've right. done the, like, tickling, like, all those things like that. But what we would do is sometimes our friends would, like, text and be like, hey, I'm on my way. And one person would be in VR. And we would literally like, have friends show up. And then they would just all sit around. And we're, they're all watching this person. And it's always so fun when they lift the headset off. And they're like, whoa, where'd all these people just come from that we've been here the whole time? You know? <laughs> um, so I think that's a, a harmless. Uh, Quite, quietly joke. sneak in and Yeah, 100%. Um, I want to add on to what you're saying about the safe space though and like the haves and haves nots um this is where an area where you know like i think the ready player one movie does a really great job covering like a lot of the concepts and things like that however the book starts to dive even deeper into this and this is a part that's missing and i don't think this is a spoiler because the movie's been out for so long the book's been out for so long and i don't think it like spoils anything happening with the second book but one big part of um of of wade's journey is the fact that he's very poor um yep. and you kind of see this a little bit in uh the movie because you're like oh he's in the stacks he's in this like kind of trailer park kind of scenario but he talks a lot about it about how you know one piece that's missing from it and the very brief it's like a it's like a little Easter egg in the movie is the idea of Lu uh, Lu Lumis, Lupus. It's the education world that exists inside of uh Ready Player One and inside of uh whatever the world is I'm totally forgetting this is and my favorite book. Yeah, all it's time. a whole so world of schools. Yeah, whole world of to. schools. Essentially, the world yeah. of schools, and I'm going to this school. You're going to that You've, school. Have you read the book? Basic, they're all basically identical. Yes. Okay. So you have read the book then? Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. I don't, I don't remember if we, if we have ever talked about this before, but yeah, it's really fascinating because he talks about how he's like, I was very poor, and like how my mom, who always had to be working, I could put on a VR headset and learn while she was out doing her working and everything right. like that. And he talks about, he's like, it's so amazing that like we couldn't afford the VR headset. So I think they're like government shipped or something like that. The government provided um, almost like a food stamp in some ways. Right. Yep. And that's how he was able to go to school and then experience these things where they go to the physical school. But then like when they're like, oh, let's go to ancient Rome, they literally teleport them to ancient Rome. Right, on there too. So right, that was right. really, really cool to, figure, to, to think about in a lot of ways. So 
there might be a future that we're looking at where like this technology gets intertwined into social programs like maybe even further and that might be a, a potential opportunity on there too which by the way if you haven't read the book just i didn't spoil the whole book of no what that's changes. not that's not that's spoilers. Like, that's like in the first all. chapter yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's very it's very early on and yeah it's a great point they also talk about in the and this thing is in the movie too where uh the evil corp uh is talking about we've we've mm. discovered that we can cover 80 percent of a person's <laughs> view with ads <laughs> before it really affects the the user experience before causing seizures uh, i right, love that right. quote that's one of my favorite ones yeah right. so yeah that's then that's that's the unfortunate uh reality as well is that um as long as data and advertising continue to be a thing which is again why i struggle with these devices coming from the Googles and the metas of the world, because that's where they make their money, is advertising driven. and data brokerage. And, you know, whereas, you know, not that Apple certainly doesn't do it, they do, but that's not where they make the majority of their money. Uh, you know, they make their money on the hardware and on the services. So it's, it'll be interesting to see when they come out with, uh, you know, a VR headset, how that is impacted by things. I agree 100%. Um, so other ideas for how we think that VR might, people have to change their lifestyles in order to facilitate this. I think, um, one thing that we're probably like very briefly can just talk about is like some people really just don't enjoy VR. Like it makes yeah. them dizzy, makes them sick yeah. and things like that. So, you know, whereas like, I don't think I've ever met someone who's like, yeah, I look at my iPhone and I get dizzy, you know, and like maybe you get a little bit of a headache right. after staring at a screen for so long, but like the question will become, will like people's motion sickness that ends up happening from these devices, will they have to suck it up? Will they have to take like prescription drugs to be able right, to use VR? Right. Like yeah, what is that going to look like in that case too? And it's better. The higher the resolution, the better it is because it's you're, but you're still dealing with this. My eyes are showing me one thing and my inner ear is telling me something else. And there's a certain percentage of the population that as soon as those things get out of whack, you go, you throw up. <laughs> that's just the way, that's the way it's your body saying, Ooh, I had some funky mushrooms because I'm <laughs> definitely seeing some one thing and feeling another and yeah. it the, the natural then that's why you do that is because your your body's going uh-uh no way bad mushrooms out you go um and that gets better with higher resolution screens the other thing that they're discovering and not that we'd be able to do this but it's interesting to know is they've done experiments where they put people in vr on an actual roller coaster and so oh, wow. you do like the fake VR roller coaster that's synced to an actual roller coaster, but then you can do whatever you want. You can have it look however you want. You can have it, you know, in whatever environment you want, but everything, the actual motions are sunk, synced, sunk, synced to, to, sunk. Or sunk to, to a, they're synced to a, uh, an actual roller coaster's movements. And what they discovered was the people who normally get sick don't, because again, they're now, now their inner ear is saying, oh, interesting. Oh, it's the same. Okay, it all lines up and it's great. So that's interesting. It doesn't help much, yeah. but it's also interesting. So that's going to be something we have to overcome. Like you say, do do if we go to a full VR education route, mm -hmm. uh, where kids, you know, okay, go to your go to school. All right, hold on, let me put on my headset, <laughs> um, <laughs> like they like they do in Ready Player One. Uh, we're going to have to deal with that, whether it's anti nausea pills or something along those lines. Interesting. Yeah. 
I'm trying to think if there's anything else I'm thinking like from a lifestyle standpoint that would have to yeah. change, but yeah, well, that would be one too, right? So instead yeah. of going to school, yeah, uh, okay, go put on your headset. Oh you yeah, know, specifically or, like, in the travel education. goes away at that point. So the question will become like, do people get exposed to le- do people? Oh, this is a great debate. Maybe this is a totally separate podcast. Will yeah. VR make you more close-minded because you aren't you don't have the you don't have to leave and physically like. You don't have to like, you know, they always say like travel is the best thing to educate someone, right? Like teach you about different cultures and expose you to different ideas. The question is, does VR it fix allow you to do that more or because you physically can't go, do you do it less? Oh, my gosh. That's a double edged sword. That's a crazy debate to have. I think, you know, the people the people who like to travel and stuff like that, a lot of it has to do with being exposed to new cultures and exposed to new things. So, uh, you know, from that aspect. It's it's an it's a door open door like oh let me go check this out and then you're like oh I gotta go there you know yeah. so I mean it could be a, a door opener uh, an appetizer uh, if you will uh, I don't know what metaphor we want to go with um, <laughs> uh, to to expose you just like the internet like the people who are naturally social and want to meet other cultures you know I, I think about all the people that you and I have met yeah online you and I originally met online we've told that story quite a few times. Um, where that's we're using that technology to meet but then eventually yeah we want to get together and have a beer in person or you know something along those lines i have a feeling it'll be like that route where it's good for the culture it's great it's not going to cure it it's not going to fit people who want to be in their own little bubble you know are going to be in their own little bubble and in their own little bubble in a vr headset is going to be what they want to see and what they want to do and you know there's any number of political roads you could go down with that particular way of thinking but we're not gonna do it (laughs) but but the you know i think people who want to be in their own little bubble will be in their own little bubble but i think every little bit helps every little bit the more interconnected we, we can already see the benefits and the negatives for being so globally interconnected um, uh, over the course of the last 30 years so i think the answer to your question is some you know, for some, it'll be a door opener. For others, it'll be, eh. And they'll continue <laughs> to be in their own little universes and be quite happy in their own little universes. I agree. Like, as I started reflecting on it, and as you you basically were, like, vocalizing my thoughts <laughs> as they were happening, <laughs> I was like, oh, well, the internet right now get, exposes you so much stuff, but there's still yeah. so many people who are in their, like, closed worlds that, like, you know, it's, it's not like VR is going to instantly do that unless it, like, forces you to go through those. Or maybe because it there's more people walking around that you can – no, but, like, right. hey, same thing idea. Like, you lock yourself in a VR room, you're locked in a VR room. You're not going to be exposed to that. So That is where education can help, right? Mm-hmm. So, like you said, the, you, again, using the Ready Player One example of, like, okay, we're going to learn about ancient Rome – here we go, you know, yeah. to, you know, to the Colosseum. And now it goes from being ruins to being what it looked like back in the day. And now here's, you know, a gladiator event going on and it's terrible and gory and okay, it, maybe that's not the coolest thing on the planet, you know, but you can, uh, there is definitely an empathy potential with these things. And some of the news organizations and human rights organizations have put together very powerful, basically 360 videos um, that put you right in the middle of uncomfortable situations on purpose to help you understand the reality of those situations. Much like travel, much like other things, sometimes you need to kind of experience it in order to fully empathize with people who might be in those situations. And I think we could just 
like best hope we can have is that 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 it will give such a even more in-depth experience that it will connect with people on a whole nother level and i think that's the hope with vr is that like the difference between watching a 2d video um with a humanitarian effort with versus experiencing it and being in it hopefully clicks even further and you know I think one of the most exciting things about the education piece is that, you know, can people learn something new? Like reading about, you know, ancient Rome, watching a video or even a movie about ancient Rome, cool. But like imagine like being in it and seeing it all around you. I think that's just going to light up new parts of the brain in the terms of imagination and, you know, maybe even learning and, and capturing of information too. Yeah. And it's a very different thing much like travel and stuff like that, to, to uh, being there and seeing it. And so just recently there was a, an article about uh, an exchange program between two schools, and one was kind of inner city, uh, you know, poor inner city school, and they started pen palling with a wealthy private school. And that was one thing, but then they, like, took a trip, and, like, these kids literally broke down crying because it's like, wait, this is what a school could be compared wow. to our school because mm -hmm. and it was one thing to have you know pen pal letters and stuff like that it was a very different thing to see it visualized like mm -hmm. oh my god there's clean cut grass there's individual buildings there's walls around the campus kids would like you know leave their laptop on the floor when they went to go get something out of the library uh you know that because they because no one's going to steal it you mm -hmm. know that kind of stuff and so there's a real potential for empathy uh, in education um, that comes from really see, truly seeing things from a first person perspective. True. Not to bring things down, but no, no, I think I, I think, think that's actually hopeful. Like, I think like it's you, super it's, hopeful. Yeah, yeah. yeah, way, way, way more. Like it reminds me a lot of like when you know, like uh, I don't think we talked about this much on this podcast, but like I went to Catholic school my whole life, and they always had these like Mexico trips or like El Salvador trips, where they go down to like yeah, like more third world parts of the world, and you build yeah. houses and things like that. And obviously, like I think now that we have more information about it, is that truly like allowing someone to to see what that's like? But like you know, they talk a lot about it when it comes to nonprofits. Is yeah, if you can go down and experience it, it creates a whole nother level of empathy amen so i think we've probably extinguished this all right yeah, i hope yeah. we helped answer your question i think there's a lot of hope there's a lot of possibility um anybody who's heard this podcast know that i'm not like really super enthusiastic about metaverse and <laughs> and and web3 stuff but that doesn't mean that i'm not you know interested in where it can go mm -hmm. um i just don't you know i don't want to get too excited and we have to start meeting in the metaverse because yeah. we have to then you know okay but why because we have to yeah. <laughs> you know it'd be um, exciting because we right. get to right exactly let's be excited because we get to let's be excited because it's the right tool for the right job. Um, let's be excited because it's going to do all of these things that we've talked about. Give people access to tools and uh, models and environments that they might not normally have access to. Um, give people experience with new cultures and new uh, ancient cultures and ancient civilizations and our history and our past and our present and our future and all of those kinds of good things as well. And yeah, our lifestyle's probably going to change yeah. as we continue to evolve and as the technology continues to evolve. And so true. Uh, with all technologies, we have learned that it changes us in so many different ways. With the, the adoption of remote work and online and virtual uh, events, it changed us in so many different ways, too. So I think that's just something to always keep in mind. Well. Um, yeah, Jorge, thank you so much for this amazing question. If anyone out there, if you ever have questions for us, you can always email us eventtechpodcast at helloendless.com. Uh, we love getting your questions in and diving deep with them because 
honestly, I don't think we would have ever talked about this. We, if it we read for every single email, and 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 it was a choice. It was a toss up between Jorge's email and and this wonderful person who wanted to remind me that my McAfee subscription had expired, <laughs> and that I really needed to click on this link because my McAfee antivirus had expired. And it was really thankful that they reminded me, and I could start paying ninety nine dollars a day for their McAfee. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And yes, we definitely have more uh, audience questions coming down. So if you like this, just keep sending us questions. We will continue answering them. All and let us know what what do you think? What do we miss? What other what other lifestyle changes are likely to come uh, as we as we as we start to progress? What is the killer app? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's not hardware. Maybe there's a killer app that would make everybody rush out and get a VR headset. What is that app? Or is it going to be some some fancy uh, uh, hardware that comes along and, and <laughs> makes everybody go must have, must have, must have. Definitely. Tell us, Event Tech Podcast, hashtag Event Tech Podcast, or again, eventtechpodcast at helloendless.com. Awesome. Brant, it's always been a pleasure to get to do this podcast with you. Thank you so much for being here. Always. <laughs> and thank you so much to our audience also for, for hanging out with us and listening for, for 40 minutes or so. So we appreciate you so much. Um, always, I think, always. I think we will send this one out, though. Should, should we... Event Tech out it. Event Tech out. Thanks again for listening to the Event Tech Podcast. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also be sure to head to eventtechpodcast.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. Ask a follow-up question or let us know about some event tech we need to talk about. We'll see you next week on the Event Tech Podcast.